is nothing new in the world of sales, except for the history you do not know. Welcome to the Sales History Podcast, bringing the brilliant and sometimes strange minds, methods, and ideas from the sales profession's past with applications to today. Here is your host, best-selling author of The Transparency Sale and The Transparent Sales Leader, keynote speaker, trainer, and nerd, Todd Capone. The greatest sales books ever written. Every so often you see a publication issue a list of, say, the top 100 sales books of all time. And every time I see it, I get a little bit of a feeling inside me that maybe something's missing, right? And that's similar to any all-time greatest list that you've probably ever seen for any subject. Now recently, Book Authority published their listing of the top 100 sales books of all time. And I don't mean to pick on Book Authority, but the good news was my first book, The Transparency Sale, made the list as number 62. What an honor, right? Like, I should be so excited. However strange this may sound, my book is clearly overrated. Now, you might see this as being a humble brag or see this, on the other hand, as somebody with a bad case of imposter syndrome, but I see it as reality, with the goal of not downplaying my own work, but instead highlighting the masterpieces of the early 20th century as it relates to our profession. Now, I concede when I wrote the book, I thought it might suck and now realize that it doesn't. That's awesome. I'd never written a book before. I was certainly passionate about the unique take on what constitutes value from a salesperson, that transparency sells better than perfection. I did the research, I presented the data, and I wrote it how I'd like to read it. And I packed it with stories and tried to make it immediately actionable and potentially career-changing. I love that you all love it. But number 62 of all time? Nope, no way. And here's why. Let's just look at this book authority list as an example, right? The list explains that book authority identifies and rates the best books in the world based on recommendations by thought leaders and experts. But what do the thought leaders and experts read? The current books. As a result, here's what that particular list consisted of. Of the top 10 books, 100% of them are from the last 10 years, so 2013 or newer. Of the top 20 books, 85% are from the last 10 years and 100% are still from the last 16 years, so anything newer than 2007. Of the top 100 books, so the whole list, I went through every one and dated them, 91% are from the last 16 years, so 2007 or newer. And there are only four books published prior to 1995. Two are from 1982. One was Zig Ziglar's great book, The Secrets of Closing the Sale. And the other one from 1982, Tom Hopkins wrote, How to Master the Art of Selling. The other two books are the only ones published prior to 1982. There was The Feldman Method in 1969. And then of course, Dale Carnegie's 1936 book, how to win friends and influence people. Now, how can that be that there's only four books published prior to 1995 on the top 100 list? Well, it can't be. I know it because 
I may be the only nerd on earth to have read beyond the past 40 years, and it's my thing, right? It's my sales history, nerdery, that my current count, I think right now I've read most of 53 books on sales and sales leadership written between 1900 and 1930 alone. And the reason why I read them is I believe they are the builders of the modern sales profession. The early 20th century represented the dawn of our profession as we know it today. Now, one could argue that the sales profession has been around for thousands of years. I would actually argue that too. And the modern structure where organizations hired their own salespeople, trained them internally, paid them via variable compensation, and measured them with quotas really started in the 1890s, but truly blossomed during that period of the early 1900s. These were the creators of our professions, and the books that are written and read today have almost all been written before by these authors. Number two is they could write. Sales philosophers and writers 100% years ago were simply better writers. It, It inspires me. The language of writing was a craft. It was an art. The sentences couldn't simply be skimmed. Concepts were conceived and communicated in powerful sentences that just stick with you. And so with that, what I would like to do, I mean, I've got a long list of ones that deserve to be in the top 100. I want to highlight six of them for you today, just to give you a little flavor of what I'm talking about in terms of the incredible writing and the books that really set the stage for what we all do today. Let's start with the first one. And when I say writing was different back then and better, there was a book called Men Who Sell Things. It was written in 1909 by an individual named Walter D. Moody. And Moody's writing is a great example. For example, here's a paragraph from the beginning that not only explains the concept of the book, but how he wrote. He wrote, I wish to write not of the doctrine of luck, chance, and good fortune, but of the doctrine of effort and result, to proclaim that highest form of 20th century salesmanship which brings success, not to the indolent, the improvident, and the dreamer, but to the striving, the intelligent, and the busy man. Who writes like that in sales circles today? Whose writing is more powerful? Nobody I know, right? It's just fantastic. And another example of that, the second book that I want to take you through is, it's a book by a guy named Worthington Holman. You've probably heard me talk about him before. He wrote a book called Ginger Talks, The Talks of a Sales Manager to His Men. The version I have is from 1908, but he's got, I think the first edition might have been 1906. There's additional editions that went on into the 19-teens. But it is such an entertaining book. In every edition of Salesmanship Magazine, which was from 1904 to 1908, Worthington Holman wrote an article designed to be used by sales leaders to motivate their sales team. He says, quote, There is gunpowder in every man. If you can only get the spark of it, ginger talks are sparks to reach the gunpowder. They're so good. Now, Holman, who learned under the tutelage of John Patterson and to whom he dedicates the book, is a writing master. His analogies are so powerful, they're sometimes hilarious, and they're highly motivating. And each edition came with an associated comic. 
Now, in the book, it's just a series of these talks that are all separated out, collected into one book. But one of the examples is, quote, Every selling force has a number of incapables who drift along on the current of the day as a water-soaked log drifts down a sluggish stream. Their work drags interminably. Such a man's desk is a cemetery. His office is a place of stagnation more choked with dead matter than a stagnant pond. Again, the writing is just so powerful that you want to keep reading the paragraphs over and over again, and nobody today is writing like that. So that's the second one. The third one that, again, is a great example of fantastic writing is from a guy named Nathaniel C. Fowler, and he wrote the book Practical Salesmanship in 1911. Now, as I was really starting to develop my nerdery for sales history, this was one of the first books from that era that I read, and it hooked me because it was timeless. There was a direct acknowledgement of women in the profession. It was comprehensive, and I absolutely loved it. This is one of those books where you could pull paragraphs out, pop it into LinkedIn today, and nobody would know it's well over 100 years old. I may be biased, but when there's an entire chapter dedicated to telling the truth, that's a formula for a great book. His lessons on balancing modesty with confidence, a focus on advising customers, speaking well of competition, finding passion in your work, and developing healthy personal habits could be published today without batting an eye. In collaboration with 28 thought leaders and businesses, this is right up at the top of my all-time list. And one quote from it, there is a psychological or an inner scientific reason for every action, for everything which contributes to every movement of every kind, even to thought itself. Nothing exists without a source, a creative beginning, and everything is subject to some law, known, partly known, unknown, or mysterious. Again, incredible writing, and that's number three. Now let's go to the top of the list. Really what I would consider my three favorite go-to books from the early 1900s. The first is from a guy named Dr. Orison Sweat Martin. In 1916, he wrote a book called Selling Things. Look this guy up. I've done some research on him. Dr. Martin, he was an inspirational author. It was said that People were naming their children after titles of his books, like he was that well-known. His quotes were hanging in the offices of people like John Patterson, again, the founder of NCR and really the modern sales profession, Charles Schwab, Marshall Field, many others. He was 67 years old when he wrote this book, and it's amazing. He's got a quote that says, if salesmanship is worth giving your life to, it is worth very serious and very profound and scientific preparation and training. He tells incredible stories. He makes connections that are so relatable that his teachings inspire you to adhere to every word he writes. This book is a sales inspiration, and I've never read anything like it. So that's number one in my list of top three. The second book in my top three is from an individual you've probably heard me quote a number of times. His name is Arthur Dunn, and he wrote the 1919 book, Scientific Selling and Advertising. When I read Dunn's book for the first time, and I've read it more than once, 
there's a paragraph that was the revelation as to why I'm not to the level of writing they were a hundred plus years ago. Listen to this paragraph and show me a writer on sales that can match this depth of word art. All right. And it's through the lens of transparency, which is why I probably love it so much. And here's the quote. A lie is a weapon of the weakling and the afraid. One using truth will, without realizing it, appear frank and sincere, and nothing begets confidence more quickly than frankness and sincerity. There is no comeback to truth, no alibi, no hereafters, no explanations. It is as vital a force as though you could take it out and look at it and feel of it. Every successful man believes these things. Dunn's quote, if the truth won't sell it, don't sell it, is my favorite sales quote of all time. Every paragraph in this book is a work of art. He tells incredible stories, but in the process, makes the reader a better sales professional. When asked what book is number one in my mind, I often say this one, although there's probably a bit of a debate in my own brain about it. Arthur Dunn was the king of transparency before the transparency sale. He's got another quote that says, when you interview a prospect, having nothing to put over and just the truth to tell, you will talk easily, clearly, and naturally, and you will feel strong and appear strong to him. Your eye will be steady and bright, possessing abundant energy. You will radiate that something called magnetism, the secret of which lies in the truth in your heart, the condition of your body and the training of your mind. Bravo, Mr. Dunn. I just love this one. And that one is number two in my top three. The third book in my list of top three of all time comes from, you guessed it, the person that I believe is the goat of sales experts and philosophers, the greatest of all time, and that's according to me and I'll debate you, it's Arthur Sheldon. He wrote a number of books, but in 1911, he wrote one called The Art of Selling. This book is a collection of 50 lessons made for anyone getting into sales. At the time, the demand for salespeople far exceeded the supply. Talking about true salespeople, not the drummers and bagmen of the late 1800s and before. This book encompasses all of the general principles that anyone reading would be able to consume, apply, and excel. In the book, each lesson finishes with a set of exercises. There are questions to consider to ensure that what was just discussed was retained. Sheldon was a master teacher. He founded the first magazine on sales called Salesmanship, and he founded the most successful correspondence courses on sales, taught to literally tens of thousands of people, and he did it right. There's a reason why he was so successful, and his writings are proof now, I've dedicated an entire episode of the Sales History Podcast to Arthur Sheldon before, but this core lesson that he teaches, he believed that true salesmanship, and this is a quote, is the science of service. Grasp that thought firmly and never let go. That was a quote from the book, but it was the basis for the way that he thought about selling. Now today, when we look at selling and we see Gartner's recent report that 72% of buyers prefer a rep-free experience, of course they do. Most salespeople are annoying. Most sales processes are annoying. 
when we take that lens that Arthur Sheldon was teaching us well over 100 years ago, that true salesmanship is the science of service, we become an advisor and a consultant to a customer instead of being that annoying, necessary evil. And the things he taught embodied that to the point where service was the theme in 1916's World Sales Congress attended by 3,000 people in Detroit, Michigan and keynoted by then-President Woodrow Wilson. Service. I think if we get back to that and we embrace what Arthur Sheldon believed, that true salesmanship is the science of service, we get our mojo back. We are not in that bucket of 72% of buyers prefer a rep-free experience because we are providing a service. And those three books, they need to be in the top 20 at the very least. And I would argue there's probably 15 books from before 1930 that should be in any list of the top 100 of all time. When you look at many of the books that are written today about the sales profession, they come from a unique perspective, but for the most part, most sales books have already been written. In 1923, an individual named Frederick G. Nichols, speaking of the high demand for salespeople from 1923, said, to meet this demand, many books have been written. Some are rich in sales tricks, but poverty-stricken in social education values. I found that funny. Now, when I think about the books that I've written or am considering writing in the future, I really don't want to write a book that's already been written. And it's part of the many reasons why I love digging into these old books from sales history. My intention in doing all of this is to illuminate those giant brains from 100 plus years ago that are really responsible for the careers that we have, and in many cases, the successes that we have today. And I'm hoping that we can start to see these in some of the greatest sales books of all time listings. We'd love to get your thoughts as always, and I so appreciate you continuing to tune in and hopefully share with others that might find this interesting. As always, please rate and review this where you heard it. And if you've got ideas or feedback, you can always reach out to me. Super easy to find me and Google search away, but www.toddcaponi.com is a great place to start. So until next time, thanks again.